Hey, what's going on, everybody? This your boy, Jay Mace, and welcome to another throwback interview from the Time Machine Archives right here on Beyond the Album Cover. Today's interview is with Mick Murphy from The System. We discuss everything from Don't Disturb This Groove, The Pleasure Seekers, Beat Street, You're In My System, and so much more. You can subscribe to Beyond the Album Cover wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be iHeart, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and just recently got added onto Amazon Music. And video content is available on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash J85. That's lowercase J85. So without further ado, here's my throwback interview with Mick Murphy from The System right here on Beyond the Album Cover. Hey, what's going down, everybody? This your boy, Jay Mace, inside the Time Machine on WUAG 103.0 FM, playing the best in old school hip-hop, R&B, and everything else in between. With me on the phone right now, I have Mick Murphy, member of the 80s group, The System. Mr. Murphy, welcome to the Time Machine. Hey, thanks a lot. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Doing great. Can't complain about anything. I understand that. Now, tell the people, when did you first fall in love with music? Oh, I was in music from the time I was... 12 or 13 years old, I was in a lot of local bands, and we played all over. So I was, I, I've been in bands since I was 12 or 13 years old. Okay, now you're a multi-instrumentalist, correct? That's correct. All right, name some of the instruments that you play. I play guitar and keyboards and sing. Okay, all right, multi-talented, Mr. Do-It-All. Now, how did the system come about? Uh, let's see, I was working with a couple groups in New York City, a group called Change and groups called Clear, and I met uh, this guy named David Frank, who was playing in another local band, and I got him a gig working with the group Clear. And during the time I was working with Clear, we cut a couple demos, and that uh, I took to Atlantic Records, and we ended up getting a record deal there. Okay, and what year was that that you guys got the deal with Atlantic? Uh, I, well, actually, we, we cut a demo over the weekend, and I came in to the city on Monday and had my friend at Atlantic, Dennis King, cut a a lacquer, which is a demo record, and um, I took it to Atlantic Records that day. We got a deal the same day. Wow. And that was 1982? 1982. Okay. Now, explain the landscape of R&B, or just music in general, during that time in the early 80s. Explain the what? Explain the musical, what was music like during that time period in the early 80s? Oh, well, it was mostly live bands. There were... Um, a lot of funk, a lot of funk was going on. You had a lot of funk groups, and there was quite a bit of dance music going on in New York City. We had um, a DJ named Frankie Crocker, who was the first DJ to play our record in New York. Okay, very legendary DJ Frankie Crocker, the Chief Rocker. That's right, Chief Rocker, Frankie Crocker. All right, now who were some of your influences growing up? Who did you listen to while you know? What I mean, you was in your room listening to your forty fives or thirty third and the third. I listen to, I love Sly and the Family Stone, Jimi Hendrix, uh, The Temptations, um, let's see, who was out of that? Stevie Wonder, especially, Elton John, um, a, lot of, a lot of rock, mm. and pretty much, pretty much that's it. So basically you were all over the place musically? I was, I really was, yes. Okay, now how did you guys come up with your first big hit, You're In My System? Well, after we cut our first demo, we our, the first record that we had recorded, which was uh, a song called In Times of Passion, uh, they told us we could go in and record um, an album. 
So we started recording the album, and actually, You and My System was the first song that we recorded for the album. You know, it made sense. It had the name of the group in it, and it was something that my, my mom used to always say. So um, I came up with it probably in a matter of a couple of days and cut it and recorded it, and that song ended up being um, a top ten hit for us. And then an artist named Robert Palmer also cut that, and it was released and was a big hit in Europe. Robert Palmer Kids was the late singer that had the song Simply Irresistible, Addicted to Love, and Tell Me I'm Not Dreaming. That's correct. Now, what was your reaction when You're In My System was a big hit, and you're probably going to like a club, or how they would say it back then, a discotheque, and you hear the system record? It, well, it, it was amazing. I mean, and the, the thing that's great about New York is there were three or four radio stations, and when it when it came out, I remember riding in my car and hearing it on three stations at the same time, pretty much right around the same time. You could flip between the stations and it would be playing. And because it was different than any other records that were out, because it was, a lot of it was very, it was very electronic, a lot of synthesizers and drum machines, um, we really were the beginning of that type of sound. And before we were recording, most groups, as I said before, you know, were complete bands with a bass player, a drummer, a keyboard player, a horn section, and we were kind of the first group that made all our music with just two people. And so it was kind of like you guys had the new wave aesthetic going on with the synthesizers and stuff. Uh, completely, it was a new wave aesthetic, and, and as a result of that, we were very popular in Europe, and we ended up producing a lot of European acts, and a lot of acts in, in the United States as well. We went on to work with artists like Shaka Khan, and um, Angie Bofield, and um, Phil Collins. You know, we worked with a lot of different artists as a result of that sound. Right, and I believe one of the stations that probably played You're In My System was it um, Disco 92, KTU? Oh, absolutely. KTU played all our music. We were huge on that station. Okay. Now, how did you guys... Okay, before we get into that, explain the video of You're In My System, because I remember seeing it rec- not too long ago, and it's like, okay, you know we're straight 80s. <laughs> Well, actually, we 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 didn't have that big a budget to make videos at the time because, first of all, we were a biracial duo. They had never seen anything like that before, and we weren't the, the typical group that they expected. You know, that people expected. So we made that video video actually downtown on Wall Street in this tunnel um, of this building with all these flashing lights behind us, and you know, it was kind of. Very interesting way to make a video at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had the Jerry Curl going, man, and this, that, and the third, and rocking various 80s fashions. Now, I know you didn't use up the whole bottle activator for that shoot. <laughs> well, you got to keep the, your, your, curl, your curl activator happening, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, you know, so let your soul glow. You and ready for the curl. <clears throat> I mean, ready for the world. Absolutely, you know, y'all had the man. Jerry Curl ready going. The world came next, okay? Okay. <laughs> N- now, um, how did you guys land in Beat Street? Well, we were, we, being a local New York group, they were looking for acts that were connected to the downtown scene in New York, and we were one of those groups, and they selected us to perform in Beach Street. Okay, and I know Brenda K. Starr, the girl that went and did I Still Believe, and Mariah Carey covered that, and I believe Mariah was a backup singer for her at one point. She was also featured in Beach Street. Yes, also, and also my cousin, Bernard Fowler, from the Peach Boys, he performed in one of the gospel scenes in that in that. Uh, movie as well. Okay. Now, coming off the debut record, explain the process. You're coming off of that, and you're going to make Don't Disturb This Groove. Well, there were two records in between that. We had um, a record with uh, The Pleasure Seekers, 
I don't know if you know that one, and this is for you. So we had a record in between Don't Disturb This Group. Actually, there were two records. There was um, After You Were My System, we had a, another record that didn't get a lot of play. Um, well, I can't remember the name of the record. But after that, The Pleasure Seekers, which we did mostly in L.A., and then Don't Disturb This Group, which during that time we were working with Shaka Khan and working with a lot of other artists, so we were influenced by... Um, a producer named Arif Martin, who was a big producer at Atlantic at the time. And um, we recorded that also with Jimmy Douglas. He was our engineer, who also works now um, on a lot of big hip-hop records with Timbaland. Okay. Now, when Don't, Disturb, when Don't Disturb This Groove came out, this was 1987. It was an R&B hit, and it was also a pop hit as well. That's correct. Uh, it went to number two. On the pop charts. Okay, now explain that record because it it's like synth electro record. It was like, but it was a slow jam at the same time. Yeah, that that record for us was a real hallmark because it was it was really the first big beat ballad. I mean, before that, I don't know if you remember, but all R and B was kind of you know live drums and kind of the drums were real low key. You know, not a lot of punch and a lot of, a lot of push. But Don't Disturb This Groove was a real powerful beat ballad. And it it shows a little bit of the influence we had coming from uh, groups like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, what was your take on the whole New Jack Swing period? Uh, New Jack Swing was something that was kind of always around. I think we had a lot of influence on that because Teddy used drum machines, we were using drum machines. And growing up in New York, it was kind of obvious that, that would be the next thing. Now, I don't know how, I didn't realize it would catch on throughout the whole country and I ended up in fact working with Teddy Riley for about a year writing songs for um, Black Street and uh, did a record with him for Tom Jones okay alright and um, what was your opinion on Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and the whole Minneapolis funk sound always loved that always loved the sound they had and we were both admirers of each other in fact one of my best friends uh, who lives, he lives in New York now is Andre Simone who played with Prince so okay. we were kind of all influenced by the same music during that time. Even though Minneapolis would seem to be far away from New York, we were listening to a lot of the same music. Right, because going back and listening to some of Prince's earlier stuff and the stuff that he did was with Morris Day in the Time and Alexander O'Neill, you pretty much have that same synthesizer, electro sound. Absolutely. We were both using the OB-8 synthesizer and both using drum machines. I mean, I think that separated us from a lot of the bands that were around at that time. Okay, now explain the period, don't disturb this groove, blow up, and you know, you guys are like on the map. Like, You and My System was a big hit, but don't disturb, don't disturb this groove took you guys to another plateau. Well, we, to be honest with you, we were recording a lot between You and My System and Don't Disturb This Groove. I mean, we were on um, Beverly Hills Cop, soundtracks one and two. We ended up doing um, the Coming to America theme song for Eddie Murphy. We produced... Tons of tons of records with a lot of different groups mm. in uh, New York and in Europe, and um, it did put us on the map because it put us on the touring map. We started. We were on tour with Marvin Gaye. We were on tour with the Gap Band. We were on tour with Cool and the Gang, Earth, Wind and Fire. We did. We did a large, a huge tour at that time as a result of having a big hit like that. Okay, I remember the video that you guys did for Coming to America. It had the dance opening before the daughters um daughter come out for the hand of marriage like oh say can you see i'm coming to america america (laughs) we we actually we shot that on the same set where they shot the movie and worked with paul abdul who was our choreographer for the video okay what was that like working with paul abdul 
post like a girl pre-American Idol? Well, she was actually she had just finished working with Janet Jackson. You know, she was the influence that you know she she choreographed all the Janet Jackson videos, so she was really in the mix. And you know, it was one of my first times really living and staying in L.A., and it was a great time for me. Mm. Now, what was it like going on tour with Marvin Gaye, Gap Band, Earth, Wind, and Fire? It was a fantastic experience. I mean, these were all idols of ours. I mean, they had a great musical history and legacy, and for us to be able to go out there and open up for them was just a fantastic experience. Okay. Now, going into the 90s, what was going on at that time with the system? Same thing. Writing a lot for a lot of different groups, recording. We we had our own recording studio. We had our own production deals. Um, you know, we created a lot of music during that time. We were doing a lot of soundtracks, producing quite a few other groups from Europe and the United States. Um, that's pretty much what was going on. Music was changing. A lot more hip-hop was beginning to happen. A lot more rap on records. And you, In fact, you couldn't write a song and get it released unless you had a rap on it during that time. Mm. Now, explain the difference musically between the U.S. and Europe. Because, like, in Europe, pop is more acceptable. And dance, house, techno music is a lot, is a lot more common than over here it, it is in the States. Well... They're more, they're more accepting of different kinds of music. In the United States, it's much more hard to break if you're not doing the same thing that everyone else is doing. It's much more difficult. Where in Europe, they're always looking for the next thing. And a lot of times, America follows Europe in terms of music. In other words, we will put out things that are very popular in Europe before we would actually put out those things here first. So, you know... If you want to be a success, I always say go to Europe, be a success, then they'll put you out in America. Right, and definitely Backstreet Boys and NSYNC took that route, and then they later came back, back around 97, 98, and just blew up over here stateside after doing Absolutely. their thing over in Europe and in Canada. Absolutely. Now, what is your thoughts on um, Don't Disturb This Groove and the legacy that it's had? Because it's been sampled by Tupac, Victoria Beckham, a.k.a. Posh Spice. You know, so explain, you know what I mean, the, the impact that Don't Disturb This Groove has had. Well, it's had a great impact. As I said, it was one of the first big beat ballads. It, it, it was the beginning of, of an age when you didn't have to have a complete orchestra or band to create music. And I think the electro-synthesizer era is, you know, is back. I mean, we've had a lot more covers of that song recently. Um, a couple big ones coming out now. I don't want to give it away, but there's a lot of covers coming out of that song now. So it really has had a big impact in R&B and pop music. Wow, de def definitely it has, because um, like I said, it's a great song. It's very electro, but it's also slow jam at the same time. Now, what is what was your thoughts on uh, Zap and the late Roger Troutman? Oh, I mean, we, we loved them. Now, they were a big influence also. During the days when we were touring with Clear, we opened for Zap a lot at that time, and their, their music definitely influenced what we were doing, and they were coming from the Midwest as well. Mm, out of, uh, I believe they were out of Ohio? Dayton, Dayton, Ohio, I believe. Ohio, and Roger Troutman, of course, known for using the vocoder, a.k.a. That's talk right. box. Absolutely. Now, and I believe I was doing my research, I knew that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis did a lot of work with the SOS band, and they were saying mm -hmm. that they were one of the first to use, like, the Rolling 808. That's correct. You're absolutely right. So we were all kind of influenced by that same kind of funk, electro sound that was kind of bubbling under here, in the United States, and, and we were lucky to put something together that really 
um, made it on the radio. Mm. Now, what was your thoughts on New Wave, like Gary Newman with Cars, Devo, Whip It, basically the stuff that was getting played on MTV during the early years? Well, love that. I mean, I, you know, we toured with them. We toured, we, the system actually toured with Gary Newman, and we toured with, um, oh, what's the name of this? The Twins. Uh, Thompson Twins? The Thompson Twins, yeah. We did a big tour in Europe with them. And I know we influ- and I know for a fact that Prince was influenced by it because um, actually Andre Simone produced um, not Gary Newman, but this other artist from England who was very, you know, very big around that time. So we were all listening to that new wave sound, you know, along with Madonna, artists like that. We were all very influenced by new wave sound because the new wave sound was very much a New York sound as well. Right. And what was your thoughts on freestyle, which was basically coming out of New York? You had acts such as TKA, Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam, Joyce Sims. Always loved freestyle, and also the music that was under freestyle was hip hop and electro. And in fact, my first gig on the road working with the group, I worked with um, the Sugar Hill Gang and Grandmaster Flash. I was I was like on on the road with them doing their sound, so I got to be around all the music that was being made at that time. And basically, hip hop has a lot of um, electro background. You know, Planet Rock was of course the um, baseline for uh, Kraftwerk, Trans Europe Express. They sampled that for Planet Rock and a lot of records from that period. Hip hop artists been cutting. They were also a big influence on those groups like Kraftwerk. And um, we were real highly influenced by that sound as well. Right. Okay. Now, I just, I was just puzzled by this just recently. Like, you remember the song White Horse by Laid Back? Sure, absolutely. I was like, when I found out that they were white, I was like, wow. <laughs> you, you know, because yeah. you thought it would be some black guys singing, but then you're like, okay, White Horse, drug reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there were, there were a lot of records that were, once again, coming out of Europe that were highly influential in the hip-hop scene here in the United States. Mm, that's that's definitely one of them because Monifa sampled it for uh, Touch It. Mm-hmm. Now, um, back in the seventies, of course, Studio Fifty Four. Sure. I heard horror stories about Studio Fifty Four about people standing outside in line, like, "Okay, hey, if you're not looking good, you're not getting in." Well, I was kind of young for that, but I knew the same thing. And uh, you know, the story I always heard was Frankie Crocker riding into Studio Fifty Four on a white horse. That's the story I already hear. I always heard. Mm, yeah. Frankie Crocker riding on high ho silver. Yes. <laughs> now, um, B Street, that that scene where you guys auditioned, that was at the legendary Roxy, right? That's correct. Yeah. The whole actually, a lot of the film was shot at the Roxy. Okay. Now, what's the significance of the Roxy? Well, the Roxy is where a lot of hip hop took place. I mean, you know, a lot of bands performed there. There were a lot of hip hop dance battles that took place there. Legendary, legendary music spot in New York City on the scene. The mm. Copa. Copa, a little bit before me too, but the Copa was a big dance club that everybody went to. You know, I was I was really young when I started making records, so mm. I didn't. I never got into those clubs. I was kind of more into the rock scene, the downtown, mm. you know, rock club scene. Like Greenwich Village, like CBGBs. Yeah, CBGBs and well, I can't remember all the names of these clubs, but there were more clubs that were more underground where they were playing a lot of the music from Europe, hip hop. Um, electro groups, Gary Newman, you know, it was, it was a it was a slightly different scene. I wasn't so much, I wasn't into the disco, that was much more a polished, you really had to be very polished to, you know, be in the disco scene. I was more in the kind of grungy, electro, 70s, 
scene, you know, clubs that were happening in New York City at the time. Yeah, so what was it like for you listening to, like, all these different types of music, and then all the African-American kids at that time was listening, or African-Americans were listening to, like, disco, and disco was very polished, very studio-driven, very danceable music. Well, you know, it wasn't, actually, a lot of the kids were still listening to to R&B, you know, there was um, groups like Slave, and, um, of course, you had groups like Chic just starting to come out, but they were for more sophisticated listeners. I think most people my age at that time were listening to more kind of southern funk and gap, gap band and, and um, Roger Zap and groups like that. Oh, uh, Shalimar. You know, you had groups like Shalimar coming from the West Coast. That sound was really popular at the time mm-hmm. also. Yep, Solar, Dick Griffey, Don Knees, and o- exactly. O'Brien. Exactly, huge. You know, that stuff was huge right then. Mm, yeah, Soul Train's are coming out, Freaky, Gigolo. Yeah, it was also Soul Train had a huge influence on what we were listening to and the music, you know, what we came to know as, as music. And R&B music was still kind of the older groups were starting to fade out, you know, groups like The Temptations and The Four Tops and Cool and the, Groups like that were still very much uh, very central in what was going on in the R&B music. Mm, and then around, like, the early 80s when hip-hop started merging and you had UTFO, Grandmaster Flash, then 4-4, so by that time it was like, okay, we're going to make music, but we're going to do it for the kids. Right. Well, that was a more underground scene, so these these records, although they were popular in a, they were popular in a very small sector, I mean, you didn't, they weren't nationally accepted, but in New York, you're right, those groups were the groups that, that we loved, the UTFOs and, and you know, pretty soon uh, Russell Simmons started coming out with his groups out of Queens and you know, the whole hip hop scene was really, you know, beginning in its infancy. Right, and I believe like Hot 103, which later went on to be Hot 97, they were the first radio station anywhere to start playing like extended versions of like tracks that you hear like at the club. Oh yeah, they were playing. They played the B side. They did extended mix shows. In fact, during that time, uh, if you made a record, you'd actually have to go down to the clubs and try to get the DJ to play it and play the extended version and the vocal version. You know, during the club hours. Mm-hmm. Now, what is your current take on the music industry today? I think there's, that's it's great. There's a lot of great things coming out. It's no different than before. I mean, you know, there's to me there's not as many great musical songs because a lot of the songs aren't as musical as they used to be. But there's still a lot of great music. I mean, you know, I hear things all the time that you know, blow me away. So I think the music business is still just as healthy as it always was. Okay. Now, what is um, David up to now? Uh, David lives in L.A., and actually his son has a record coming out. His son's name is Griff, Griffith Frank, and he has like kind of a pop record, like a Josh Groban kind of record coming out. Okay, and what are you up to these days? Uh, these days I am writing songs for mostly for pop artists right now. Okay. You know, I write songs for a lot of different pop artists on different labels. Okay, name some of the people that you wrote songs for like over the years. Uh, historically, mm-hmm. let's see. I mean, Madonna. Um, a lot of diff- a lot of different artists that are pop artists that come from from England and groups from um, California. Okay. All right. Now, you know, do you feel that um, the whole '80s vibe is like kind of like sort of making a resurgence? Because we are sort of kind of seeing that a little bit. Well, yeah, because that music is still relevant right now because the people are really starting to listen to a lot of the electro and also as i walk around new york city i see 
Sometimes people dress so much like the 80s, it blows my mind. And with the bandana around the neck, with the sneakers and the laces and the bright colors and the tight pants and the tight jeans, it's it's definitely going to be a big resurgence. Yeah, it's like, hey, I was doing this first time around. Exactly, it's crazy. Just as long as they're not rocking the escrow. No, I don't see any escrows yet. But hey, don't don't doubt that the escrow won't rock again, okay? No, no, no. That's one staple of the 80s I don't want to see come back. Okay. <laughs> you will not catch me on my worst day rocking the escrow. I mean, you have to keep it moist and dry and do not get in the open flames or else it will be a Michael Jackson story. I'm, I'm going to check you in a couple of years, man. Let, let, me, let me see what's going on, okay? <laughs> All right. Now, um, you got any shout-outs that you want to give before we conclude this interview? Well, I'd like to shout out to all my peeps down there. I'm actually from Raleigh, North Carolina, so I'd like to give a big shout out to all my peeps in North Carolina. All right, I did not right. know you're a North Carolina boy. That's another bond yeah, right there. Born, born in Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina. All right, ladies and gentlemen, another time machine exclusive. Mick Murphy from the '80s group, The System. Mr. Murphy, thank you for doing this interview and hang on the line. Okay, thank you. All right.